0: So welcome to another episode of the Project Hourglass podcast. Of course, this is your host, Sean, and this is actually day 11 of me recording podcasts and also going live on Instagram and Facebook um, in a row. And for those of you who don't know, I'm trying to challenge myself to get to day 30, going live every single day. And I have actually almost given up multiple times, almost gone to bed on the weekends thinking, ah, I'll just do it tomorrow. But I thought to myself, if I don't do this, if I don't hold myself accountable, then I don't know what I would be able to do. So I'm glad I'm still live today. And I've taken it on board for myself to ask all of my uh, clients and team members, what are some questions that you want me to answer? And usually they're not too long that I can actually go through with a maybe a 10 or 15 minute podcast or live to answer this. So this is mostly for those people who are maybe interested in flexible diet, diet hitting. Let me start that again. That's embarrassing. This is mostly going to be for those people who are interested in flexible dieting and also counting their calories and counting their macros, because this is going to be a really useful tool for you. Now, for those of you who are already doing it, or for those of you who are looking to get started, essentially, I'm going through skills that will help you understand what we do and why we do it. So one of the components in counting calories is obviously actually logging in your food on MyFitnessPal. There are other ones that you can use out there, but honestly, they're not so great. And I love using MyFitnessPal because I've used it for so many years. I'm very familiar with it. But to me personally, I also think it is actually the best counting calorie app out there, especially when it comes to macros and especially when it comes to weight. Now, one thing that it's not really good at is helping you actually lose weight with the formulas that they use. The reason why, because it is actually formulas. And most people end up always choosing the most aggressive fat loss and then they put themselves in a bit of a hole. Anyway, that's not the whole problem for today. Today, the whole problem is, should I be weighing my food cooked or should I be weighing my food raw? Now, to me personally, how I go about this is probably different to the next personal trainer that you speak to. Why? Well, I'm gonna go through that in a bit of a moment. But the question why this is so important to understand is because you could be going out for dinner, you could be having food at home, someone else could be cooking your food, or maybe you just want to make sure that you're super accurate so that you can get leaner and stronger for when summer comes, especially since now it's November, and everybody in Australia wants to get lean and strong, get beach ready. All the ladies I've been speaking to want to be able to wear that bikini uh, nice and confidently on the beach or also saying that it's also wedding season. So you might get some people who happen to be wanting to get ready for wearing a special dress or special gown and I cannot blame you. Why wouldn't you wanna feel important and special and confident as well? So counting calories and counting macros is definitely one of the most accurate things that you can do. I think it was yesterday or the day before I went through the terminologies of that. And today what we're gonna do is dive a little bit deeper into how you can start to find out what macros and calories you need to use and how to get there as well. So long story short, should you be counting your food as raw weights or should you be doing it as cooked weights? Personally, this is what I say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but it does. Because I'm gonna teach you something that maybe will make more sense to you and how it's gonna be more practical to your life. Because if you've got someone else cooking your food, then you're cooking your food, then you go out here and there because like I said, but none, you shouldn't be listening to this if you're a fitness competitor, but if you're someone who wants to get a little bit more accurate and still understand how you can make that part of your life, you're going to go out and eat food and you want to be able to go, how can I actually count this into my calories and macros? It's a really powerful tool. So the one thing I'm talking about is consistency and reliability. Now I'm not gonna go into deep dive into this of what consistency and reliability looks like because that's what we did in university level statistics. And oh my God, I am not going through that stuff again. It is literally the worst thing I've ever been and I had to do it four times for four different years, four different degrees. It is the worst thing I've ever done. But the best way that I can actually say what is the difference between consistency and reliability is going through like a broken car. Now if I butcher this, someone's gonna yell at me and I hope they do because then I will actually have PTSD on knowing what the hell my university lecturer is trying to talk about, but maybe this will help you out at least. So if you have a broken car and it is not working, at least it is consistency or consistently not working. But if you have a car that is working, it is reliable. So what we're looking at is two different definitions. If that car 50% of the time is working, it's no longer consistent working or consistently broken. It's either broken or it's not broken. That is what the definition of consistency means. It's the same as your workouts do. You're consistently doing three times per week, then you're consistent. If you're not doing a workout on week one, then you're doing three workouts on week two, then you do seven on week three, then you do nothing on week four, that is also considered inconsistent. Now, reliable is depending on how useful the information is. So if your car is working every single time, then it is also reliable and it can also be consistent. So hopefully I haven't lost you there. If I have, well, blame my university lecturers because that's how they actually explained it to me. And I was like, what? And then they started going through ANOVAs and all this other stuff that you don't need to know about statistics. So if we know the differences between consistency and reliability, let's go through the actual Definitions of MyFitnessPal. So reliability is making sure that the data input that you put into MyFitnessPal is actually accurate. So what we're talking about is if you have chicken breast and we know that chicken breast for every 100 grams has roughly around 30 grams of protein, maybe zero grams of fat and definitely zero grams of carbs. That is considered reliable. But if it used a different button or different data entry into MyFitnessPal, and it says that the protein for 100 grams is actually 200 grams of protein and 200 grams of carbs and 200 grams of fat, then we know that this is no longer correct. It is actually unreliable. So you want to make sure that the data input itself is reliable. Now, if we're talking about consistency, we want to make sure that we're using the exact same data input each time. So, if you're looking to my, my fitness pal and you're going through different brands of chicken breast all the time, you're going chicken breast at Costco, chicken breast at Coles, chicken breast at Woolworths, chicken breast in some other place in some other country, that is no longer called reliable or consistent either. So, how do I actually work this around with my lifestyle? Well, like I said, I go out, I eat food, I cook food at home, my wife cooks at home, I go out to my mum's house every Wednesday for family catch up, we eat there too. There's going to be making sure that I'm going to choose the best thing suited to my lifestyle, and I'm going to teach you how I do this. So, first up, I need to make sure that my data input is actually going to be reliable to a certain extent. So, for me personally, I always use my chicken breast. I'm going to use chicken breast as an example because it's the easiest one. I'm going to make sure my chicken breast is always going to be the correct and also uh, sub- so closest to correct data input. So that means my chicken breast should say at least somewhere between 26 and 32 grams of protein, it should say close to zero grams of fat and zero grams of carbs. That is called reliable because it's within some sort of range as well. So it can't have carbs and it can't have fat. Now consistency is making sure that I use the same data input every single time. So no matter if I'm using it raw, cooked or whatever it might be, I use it every single time. Now the same thing relies on what I do outside of what I say. So what I mean by this is when I weigh my food, I always weigh my food cooked, no matter what, because that way it's always going to be the same at least. So what I mean by this, even if the data input that I put on my fitness pal happens to be raw, because I'm always consistently using cooked chicken breast as my data input, as in what I weigh, it's always going to change the same, okay? Now, if you lost there, all I can say is make sure you always use the same data input on MyFitnessPal and make sure you always weigh the exact same thing in the real world. That is gonna be the food you put on your scales or the data number that you put inside of how much it weighs on your scales. This way, it's always going to be the same. Why don't I actually do things cooked or raw, should I say? Because if I keep chopping and changing, it's actually going to make it more confusing. And now the data, or should I say the information, doesn't become the same each time. Because if I keep doing raw, and I I weigh it raw, and then I cook it, what's going to happen? It is just easier for me to do the same thing each time, then when I make adjustments, I adjust it from the same point of measurement each time. So here are the rundowns of what I actually want you to do and how I do things as well. Because as long as you are consistent, your information is going to then be reliable. So for example, your data input on what you put into MyFitnessPal, it should be the same every single time. So if you have a certain brand, you're always gonna use that certain brand no matter what. For me, I just happen to have raw chicken and it's gonna be chicken breast even if I weigh my food cooked. When it comes to being raw versus cooked, it depends on what you think is gonna be easier for your life. For me, because there's so many people who cook in the house between me, my wife, and when I go out, I'd rather make sure I use the same thing each time. Is it gonna be 100% reliable? No, but at least when I make adjustments, it's gonna be the same. The last thing is stay with the same thing each time making sure what you put on your MyFitnessPal and what data input you put in is the same, making sure what you weigh is going to be the same, or at least as much as you can. Because I'm gonna be absolutely honest, no matter how accurate you may think you are, you're probably nowhere near what it actually is. You're just trying to find some sort of guesstimate to make sure that you're actually within some sort of ranges. And as long as you have that, as long as you also have good habits around your nutrition, you're going to be able to get away with some of those miscalculations. So one of the things I like to always talk about is even though this is a very powerful tool, this is only a tool. You have so many other things that you can also use at your disposal, especially when you start to get a little bit more um, advanced and in tune with what's actually on your plate, you start to use habitual things instead. So these could be things like how full do you feel? How much protein did you have? Did you eyeball how much protein? These are such powerful tools in the long term that this I believe counting macros and counting calories is useful for a short period of time before you start to learn how to use your gut instinct to help you move along unless you happen to feel like you need to dial it in a little bit more. So hopefully that answers your question. This was actually a question from one of my clients who wanted a deeper explanation on how, why and how she's actually going to implement it effectively. So I'm gonna send that to her, but I thought why not share it with you too for absolutely free so you can understand how it works inside my coaching experience too. Honestly, at the end of the day, it's about asking questions and I always provide. So I hope you enjoyed this one over here. If you have any questions for me, either on Facebook or Instagram Live, please feel free to leave them inside the comment section right now before I head off and then I can edit this podcast and send it to my client and she will be able to have all the information that she needs to succeed.